Well, good morning, everyone. I'm thinking about some of the songs that we were singing this morning. And one of my, if I have a life song, it would be Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. What a beautiful way to live. Leaning on the everlasting arms of Father God. My friend Jen here lives her life that way. She lives leaning on God's faithfulness. And, and we get to sing about that too, right? We get to sing about God's faithfulness. So we have a treat because Jen is going to be sharing a little bit about what Youth for Christ is doing at the bridge. And then we're going to have Josh share later as well. So Jen, thank you for coming. Look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thank you. Thanks, Al. Just going to do this. Um, well, it's really amazing for me to be here with you all this morning. Um, I love coming to do uh, church presentations, but I especially love um, coming here um, because Auburn is my um, original first church that I ever came to in Peterborough. And um, you've always felt like family to me personally, um, but also you've always felt like family to Youth for Christ. You know, when I'm thinking of coming up here and saying, oh, thank you so much for having us. Um, really, you are us. We are together on this mission to see every young person in Peterborough living fully in Christ and having the opportunity to know him and know the gospel and respond to his call on their lives. And um, I say that quite palpably because especially even over the last year, um, you know, Josh was here and and Dave Jones running programs in your building, how you opened your facility to us um, during COVID. And um, we had that partnership. Um, And it's been an amazing journey um, together um, working to hold out the hope of Christ to young people in Peterborough. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Jennifer, and I, I work with Youth for Christ. I've been um, doing this work as full-time ministry for 10 years now. I actually just came back from a sabbatical, um, which was a wonderful time of uh, regeneration for me personally. Um, and we have uh, a team here. Uh, Josh is a part of that. You'll be hearing from him later, as well as Amanda Volk, who also attends uh, Auburn. Um, and uh, a team of people who are committed uh, to holding out the hope of Christ to this generation. Um, So our ministry um, has taken many forms, especially um, over the last two years as we've shifted um, to the different um, things that have been happening in our community, in our world. Um, But uh, we have in Peterborough, Um, the Bridge Youth Center, which is located right downtown. Um, And the bridge has been located um, on the corner of Brock and Bethune in that location for the last 22 years um, to have an open door to youth in our downtown core and youth in our community, um, most of who are unchurched youth, to come in and have an encounter with Jesus and and opportunity to walk alongside staff, get to know the person of of Christ, who he is, um, have mentorship, have love, have care, have affection, Um, And we have been, uh, by the grace of God, able to run uh, modified programming all throughout COVID and continue to do that this year. Um, So we'd appreciate your prayers as we're currently in our volunteer recruitment cycle. And if that's resonating with any of you to get involved with the bridge, um, you can more than uh, definitely talk to me after or Josh. And we would love to get you connected. Um, We also, uh, during 
COVID, we're able to reopen a second location um, in the Tallwood community um, at the Kingswood Life Center, previously uh, known as that. It used to be a pool in that area. We've been running a a drop-in space uh, for the Tallwood community for the last two years. Um, And this summer, we had our second round of community outreach and barbecues and community engagement. Um, And it was a really significant thing because when we entered into that community um, and we were kind of talking to the neighbors and and pulling around and trying to get a sense of who is there and what the needs of the families were, um, some of the feedback that we got was that um, people in this community we don't talk to we don't really talk to each other. We don't do things together. We don't have a sense of community. Um, and in the last two years, we, uh, during the summers, have done a series of um, barbecues and events and, and different things um, that we hope and, and feel have really brought the community together. Um, and we're starting to see a fresh uh, crop of youth coming up, um, utilizing the, the youth center as well as some elementary program that programs that we've been working on as well. And this summer um, had three uh, youth in those programs um, commit to knowing and following Jesus. Um, I mentioned here at Auburn, um, not only have have you been incredible partners to us coming alongside our staff and programming, um, but also um, working uh, with uh, our staff to reach youth in the North End and at TAS. Um, And so that's been an intentional focus for us as well. Um, So we have uh, tried lots of different things. And um, currently, I think like many of us, um, are in this season of really seeking the Lord um, as to where he would take us in this next um, season of ministry. Um, We uh, feel blessed and very thankful that we were able to continue operating um, during COVID. Um, But our communities have changed and the challenges that young people are facing have changed. And um, we feel a great sense of anticipation in our hearts uh, for what the Lord wants to do in this generation. A kind of a theme verse for us over the last uh, little bit has uh, been the verse from um, describing the new covenant in Hebrews 8.11. And it it describes um, what the new covenant relationship uh, will look like. And it says, uh, no longer will man turn to his neighbor and say, know the Lord, for they will all know me for the, from the least to the greatest of these. And when we think about this uh, generation um, and the times that we're living in, um, that doesn't describe currently what I'm seeing, um, but it does describe the hope that I hold in my heart for what we will see in this generation. And I want you to think even right now as I'm speaking about young people in your lives, um, in your families, uh, people that you know in your communities, and I want you to think of what a reality would look like. We live in a community, in a city, where the reality is true for us, that no longer do we even need to turn to our neighbor and say, know the Lord, because they would all know him to the least, from the least to the greatest. This is the testimony that we are praying and believing for, for this generation and for the youth in our city and the youth in our community. Um, We come into counter um, daily, weekly with young people who have never even heard who Jesus is or what he has done for them. Um, I've sat down with youth at at Christmas time and asked them if they even knew what Christmas is about. And, um, you know, maybe some of them could say that it was about Jesus, but not even knowing it was about his, his birth. You know, um, 
there's a whole generation that is longing to know, needs to know that there is a God who loves them, who created them for a purpose um, and on purpose. And we, as his people, get to shine that light. And that is why uh, part of why Youth for Christ exists. Um, I always say uh, to churches when I when I meet with pastors and when I talk in the community um, that we really view ourselves as a missional branch of the church. You know, we are uh, not just an organization doing our own thing in the in the heart of the city, um, but we are one with you. Uh, we are with you, and uh, we are part of how the church in Peterborough um, can reach into the city. And, and make change and see God do amazing things. Um, so Josh is going to share with you a little bit more um, some testimonies. Um, but I just want to thank you for your partnership and for your prayers um, and for walking this journey together. It's a privilege to be serving in Christian community with all of you. I'm really excited that Al is your new pastor. I think you're on for a wild ride. It's going to be great. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to pray for you, and then I'll also just share, um, if you would like to get involved, or if this is resonating with your heart, um, to want to connect more into um, what's happening in the city or what's happening with Youth for Christ. Um, we do have programming that will be running. Um, if you want to volunteer, you can absolutely do that. Um, if you want to give to the mission, that's also um, you know an opportunity. Um, and also, but mainly I would encourage you to get involved um, in what God is doing in our city. I keep saying and, and really believe that there is no better time to be a Christian than right now um, because the opportunity to see the Spirit of God pour out on our city streets has been incredible. We've had teams um, going out, some of our partners, um, Natalie's been involved with um, leading Living Waters Church, which meets in our facility. Um, we've launched Disciple the City out of our, our ministry that we've been seeing weekly people coming to know Christ and getting baptized, and it's been an incredible thing. Um, this is a time where the Spirit of God is moving in people's lives, um, and so if you're hungry to get involved um, deeper and more in, in missional um, activity, uh, we'd love to, to talk to you as well and get you connected. Um, so Lord, I thank you for Auburn. I thank you for Auburn Church. I thank you for the heritage of faith that exists in this congregation. I thank you for the testimony of the Lord that has been so vibrant here for so long and for the hunger and thirst for righteousness um, that is among this congregation. I pray that you would bless them and fill them this year more and more with your spirit and with the, the word of God. Um, to go deep, deep, deep and wide into their hearts, that everywhere they go from this place and in this place, that they would herald the gospel and be filled with the spirit and the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. And I pray that you would bless and um, fill Auburn to be a testimony for your name, for this generation to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Is this going to work, do you think? Is it? Well, good morning, Auburn. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe this. Well, you know what? Maybe I just don't need it. There we go. I won't use that then. 
Well, it's sad because we have an awesome video that I wanted to show you guys, but we'll save it for later, maybe. I'll send it to you guys later. Um, anyways, good morning. I am very excited and very happy to be here with you guys. Uh, before I get into the message, I just want to share some uh, cool little highlights about uh, personally what's been going on within my ministry role and how it's changed over the past year. Uh, as you guys know, I've been full-time with YFC for, uh, for a little over... Um, uh, full-time with YFC for a little over a year now, and then I was part-time with them for about four years before that uh, while I was working here as a youth pastor. And, uh, and I loved my time and was very thankful for my time here because it launched me off into what I've been able to do uh, with Youth for Christ full-time. And so uh, a few little things that I want to share with you guys about my role and what it's been looking like over the past year. As Jen mentioned, we uh, were invited by the elders here and by you guys to take part in running a drop-in, an after-school drop-in, in connecting with TAS students uh, coming down the road here uh, and inviting them to be a part of a pro- uh, program where they can ask questions about faith, they're involved in Alpha, and then through that, we're able to do one-on-one discipleship with them. And I'm going to be honest in saying it didn't start off the best. Uh, we had a few youth that were coming out to it, and it was really, uh, it was really hard to, uh, to get more, to connect with more as they're, uh, as they're walking down the streets here. Uh, but we stuck through it, uh, and we prayed a lot, and throughout the year, we saw uh, over, well over 16 youth come and be a part of the program that also took part in Alpha uh, and were being discipled, were asking faith questions, and we got to see uh, some of these youth take this step forward in their faith that, didn't, that, were, that had accepted Christ but just didn't really understand it. And so we were very, very thankful for this space that you gave us and then for the teams of people that also helped us with food because food was amazing. It was so good. And so thank you so much for your support in that. One of the, uh, there's a story that came out of this and I, one second, there's a story that came out of this uh, and I'm going to share the video with you, but I'm going to give you a quick little highlight. There's this girl that came to the program, and she, uh, she had no prior connection with us at all. It was actually through a friend that invited her. And this, uh, this girl uh, did not want anything to really do with God whatsoever, uh, but she was very much so in need of just community uh, and just people to care for. And that's what we did. We, we, came, we showed up. We encouraged her through some of the life things that she was going through. And then as we were caring for her and showing compassion to her, but we were also being very vocal about that, like this compassion and this attitude for caring and wanting to be present with her came from the love that God has given us and the love that God wants to show to her. And through that, uh, and I actually wasn't here that Tuesday, but my team of, le- uh, of leaders, uh, led by Dave Jones, who you guys know, ended up, ha- ended up there, it was only her that showed up to the drop-in program. And so there's these four leaders having this conversation with this, with this girl about their faith. And one of our leaders got to share her testimony with them. And through that, got to share the gospel. 
And, and, th- and, and out of that conversation, she really felt like God's presence was there with her. And then through that experience, she knows, and she said this to us, that God is real. And, that I'm, and, and then she would declare right now and say that I'm on this journey of really discovering who Jesus is. And now, she hasn't made that decision to follow Christ. But it was because of this safe place that you guys invited us into that we were able to be, uh, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to her. And also being able to provide basic needs that she had. And so I will share that video with you guys. And maybe next Sunday, before Al speaks, you'll just have an awesome video to watch. Uh, anyways, I just wanted to encourage you guys with that. Another, uh, another role uh, within my... Uh, Another role that I've been a part of is part of our youth network. And so we have a Peterborough youth network that actually has youth groups outside of Peterborough that all come together and we run events uh, for all the churches and all the youth groups within the churches. And actually, Al was a part of that until you guys took him from me. And so, (laughs) but Al is going to bless you guys as much as he has blessed us as a team. And so we would run youth rallies where we'd get well over 100 kids coming out to this. Uh, We ran one in April, and then we just ran one this past Friday, which was amazing to see. And it was really cool because after after these youth rallies, we encouraged the youth to come together and to pray. And so we do different exercises in regards to that. But Jen actually got to lead this prayer time. And through this prayer time, they got the youth to all gather in a circle. And we actually had a couple of youth that we, that we kind of said that, could you come up and pray if no one's going to come up and pray? Because sometimes youth are hesitant to, to share or to pray in front of people. Well, I leave, and I'm going and cleaning up stuff. Well, all this is going on, and Jen's leading this. And all the parents are starting to show up. It's 9 o'clock, and it, it's, it's time for the, the, the rally to end. And all of a sudden, uh, I'm like, okay, well, it's 9.05, this should be done soon. I tell the parents this should be done soon. And then it's like 9, 10, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? So I walk in there, and I kind of signal to Jen. I'm like, we need to, we need to end this. And he's like, but countless youth kept coming up and kept bur- uh, like unleashing their heart and their desire to pray for this city, pray for the homelessness. And it was just so cool because it was so hard to stop them from praying. And so we get to be a part of, as a youth network, encouraging youth to step out in their faith and to live it out. During that time, uh, last year, we ran a youth missions conference that invited youth that uh, that were really wanting to grow in their faith and really wanting to learn how to serve their community. And so we ran a youth missions conference for these youth. We saw 15 youth come and be intentionally discipled and equipped with tools that they can take and they can use in their schools with their friends. And out of that, we've already started seeing some fruit of some of these students within, uh, within uh, Crestwood and in Kenner that, have, uh, that are actually leaders within their school on their student council that want to do something in regards to their faith and, uh, and encouraging others to reach, uh, encouraging others within their Christian community to be able to reach out towards their community and their schools. And so, that being said, all of this, God is on the move and it is very exciting to see how he is using our young people, how he is using this younger generation. Uh, Another part of my role 
uh, has been the summer outreach programs, and Jen shared a little bit about that, but it's been amazing to see so many people and being able to connect with these, uh, these different communities and reaching, uh, reaching out to them and also uh, connecting them with uh, not only giving, uh, not even providing a physical need for them, but, ev- uh, but providing a spiritual need also. And through that, we have started seeing more and more youth and children, young children, coming and being a part of our programs um, with three of them over this past summer committing, uh, committing themselves to uh, committing their their uh, committing themselves to Christ and choosing to follow Him, which is amazing, and and that was done with another partnership with another church too. So, thank you, Al. I I love the encouragement. Uh, and the last part of my role, and I'm going to share it very briefly with you guys, is my YFC Canada role. And so when I left Auburn, I took on a role with our national team, so YFC Youth for Christ Canada, as, uh, as a discipleship and evangelism trainer. And so I get to be a part of training staff all across Canada in discipleship and evangelism tools. Um, and so it's been amazing to be able to connect with these local communities, encouraging them all the way from BC to here. It's been awesome. And I've had the opportunity to train over seven different chapters and then also be a part of uh, training our credentialing staff that they have to go through. Uh, when staff are hired on with YFC, they have to go through a credentialing process of about two years. It's kind of like school in a sense, but being a part of training them and equipping them for the mission that God has called them to in their local community. And then for my personal update, and so some of you guys may know this already, uh, Karen and I have been married for a little over a year now, but in February, we're expecting our first child. And so we are very excited for that, and uh, we've already announced it, so it's already out there, but uh, I am very excited to be a father, and uh, very blessed and very thankful uh, that God has uh, blessed me with, blessed both of us with that gift. And so Kara is currently very, very sick, and so if you guys can be praying for her through this process, uh, she would appreciate that, and I would appreciate that too, so. <laughs> um, anyways, I, th- I saw this work. So it, it should go right now. There we go. So let's like, move that over there. Uh, there we go. Okay. So, so as you guys can see, my title of the message that I want to share with you guys that I believe God has uh, asked me to share with you actually is in connection with what us as YFC are going through. And it's asking this good question, this amazing question, and I think it's a question that uh, not only us as YFC, but also churches and the, the body of Christ should constantly be asking this question. It's like, how am I, how are we, to be a good neighbor. And so uh, this, is a, this is an important question to ask, and we've been seeing this. We've been seeing the fruit of what it looks like to enter into communities and be a part uh, of this community and providing not only a physical need, but also showing them and revealing to them who Jesus is and praying for them. And so uh, my, my, the, the message for today is centered around a good neighbor. 
And so if you guys want to turn to Luke 10, 25 to 37, I'll have it up here also for you guys to, uh, for you guys to read if you guys don't have your Bible. But I encourage you guys to open it up in your Bibles. So I'll give you guys a couple of seconds. So once again, Luke 10, 25 to 37. So starting uh, in verse 25, this is Jesus is confronted by a teacher of the law. And so a teacher of the law stood up before, before Jesus to test him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? Have you, uh, how do you read it? And he answered, the teacher of the law answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, saying, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring, the teacher of the law, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus then replied in a parable, saying, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among the robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and then he saw him and passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite came to the place and saw this man and passed by him on the other side. But then a Samaritan, as, as he journeyed along this pathway, came to where he was, and he saw him and had compassion. He went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. <clears throat> And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave, him, gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay when I come back. Jesus asked this question to the, the teacher, saying, Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? Whoa. Uh, the expert of the law replied, the one who showed mercy to him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And so, you see this interaction that, uh, that Jesus is having with this, teach, this teacher of the law. He, begins to, he, he approaches Jesus and he, he wants to test him, to test his knowledge, to see, to understand who Jesus is. And he asks this question of, uh, of how do I inherit eternal life? Jesus responds then with a question by saying, what does the law say? What does it say within the law that you know? What does it say? He then goes on to say, the teacher of the law, knowing the answer to this because he knows the scripture, feeling good about himself, says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor. Jesus said, if you do this, you will live. 
the teacher of the law then wanting to justify himself even more in his righteousness, asks this question. He's like, well, then who is my neighbor? Then Jesus ends up responding with this amazing parable, something that I believe and I see the teacher of the law not expecting at all. He, through this question of asking, who is our neighbor? Jesus shares this story of three men that walk by this man that was half beaten to death. You see these three people that, have the, that are all neighbors to this person. But yet, one responds in a way that is worthy of the title of a good neighbor. And so when we ask this question of who is our neighbor, we, the one thing that we can gather from this and see seeing from the story, what Jesus is trying to get at is that to be a good neighbor is to be the one that they least expect. To, to show up when they think, when they least expect it. You see, the first person that comes by is a priest. And the priest, in a way, when, when Jesus is speaking to the people there, the priest is this higher-up person that is a part of, that takes on the law and lives out the law righteously. And yet, the priest looks at the person as he walks by, and he walks by on the other side and doesn't stop. The same thing with a Levite who's from the tribe, uh, uh, a Levite who is a part of, uh, a part of the uh, the inner workings of the temple and working and, and doing workmanship within the temple and caring for uh, all the other aspects outside of the, uh, everything that the priest doesn't take care, uh, take care of. The, the Levite looks at this person and walks by on the other side. You see these, the, these two people, the reason why they were doing this is because if they were to engage with, the, with this person they would be ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. And, and, it's, and so in that moment when we look at it, we see them elevating their law over elevating showing grace. And so how we can look at that and see that is they're elevating their status and their, who they are over the person that is in need. And don't get me wrong, following the law is important, following rules are important, but to them, they, they needed to take care of themselves before they took care of this person. And so, by taking care of themselves, they had to walk on by. The third person that comes by is a Samaritan, who, who a Jewish person would least expect to take care of them. And so he not only does this Samaritan walk by and become that least expected person, but he stoops down, kneels down, dresses up his wounds, pours oil and wine onto them, puts them up onto his animal, lifts them up onto his animal, and brings him to an innkeeper where he takes care of him. And then pays, not only that, but pays two denarii for, uh, and then also 
says he's going to come back and pay for the rest later on. The beautiful thing about this is that this Samaritan was moved by compassion. It says that at the, at the, at the, end, of, uh, at the end of verse 33, this Samaritan uh, felt compassion, had compassion for this individual. And not only had compassion, and this is important, had compassion, but was moved by it to do something. My question to us, as we are good neighbors, if we are to be good neighbors to our community, now I'm not just looking at this from the perspective of YFC or us individually or uh, or Auburn as a church or other churches, but how collectively does us as the body of Christ be a good neighbor? Be that least expected person to care for the ones around us. How can you, how can we be compassionate to this community? And I believe we are seeing this within YFC, and I, and I know you guys are starting to, you guys are seeing this with, within Auburn, and you guys have a rich community of it. But I think as you guys are entering into this newer season with a newer pastor, and you're talking a lot about vision and where God is leading you guys, this is a good question to be asking. God, what, how are you calling us to reach this community? I have a quick little story for you guys. Um, I've shared in the past with you before that uh, I grew up in a family. Ever since I was 10 years old, my parents have fostered kids. And we have had... Uh, the first two girls that came to our family, um, my parents were not equipped for what they were getting themselves into. These kids had came from a very broken home, had been be- abused in their life, had been before the age, the oldest one was six years old, before she turned six, had already been in seven different homes. Imagine that being ripped from seven different homes and how much of a lasting effect that would have on you. You would not trust anyone. Well, they end up at our home being the eighth home. And when they show up, they did everything possible to my parents to show, to, to, for my parents to get my parents to show that they did not care for them, that they did not love them, Over and over again, they would verbally abuse, physically abuse my parents. My parents wanting to give up multiple times. But yet, as a 10-year-old kid witnessing this throughout the first year of them being in our house, I wanted them gone. Because I saw what they were doing to my parents. But something supernatural within my parents was something that I was witnessing. And that was the very love and the power of God's love to care for them. Now, my parents did want to give up multiple times, 
But what strengthened them was Jesus and their relationship with him and the very love that God had shown them. And so as we think about the story of the Good Samaritan and the good neighbor uh, and, and him being a good neighbor to this one and being the least expected and being moved by compassion, it can be really hard for us to really think about, to, to, to really take the time out of our busy schedules and our life that, uh, that we feel we're struggling, maybe struggling in also, to care for the ones around us. But just like the Samaritan elevated the one, the, one above, uh, the one that was in need above himself. And he stopped and he showed that grace. We too, we, see, we also see Jesus doing the exact same thing for us. And that is what strengthened my parents to do this instead of this. To care for themselves over caring for these kids. If we are to do this as a community, collectively as the body of Christ, we are to look to Christ as the example of a good neighbor. To let our lives be identified by how he lived. God sent his son to die on a cross for us. When we were at odds with him, he chose to reconcile us. Reconcile us through him going up onto that cross and raising again in three days. We became reconciled to God and, and, and we were lifted up to, be, to have this relationship with the Father. So, if you guys feel like you can be struggling with what it means to, to lift up the community that you're in and to serve them, turn to Jesus. Find your strength in him. Find strength in the Holy Spirit that he has given you. That may look like spending time in prayer and praying for the community that you're in. Seeking him, reading his word, practicing, doing, engaging within various spiritual practices. And then out of doing that, letting him lead you into the harvest. I just want to close off with this verse, and then I'm going to pray. In John 13, 34 to 35, it says, I am giving you a new commandment to love one another just as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you, have, if you love one another, they will know. And so, Lord, right now, as we, as we come before you, Lord, as your presence is here, Lord, as we have communion with you, Father, we pray for your strength to rest on us. Lord, we give up our 
our yoke to take on yours so that you may lead us and guide us to the ones around us so that we may in turn share with them and have compassion for them and be moved by compassion to be the least expected, to show them your son Jesus and the hope and the love that they can have in him. Lord, we pray and we ask this and we pray blessing over this community, God, that they know you and that this will be the generation that knows the Lord. Amen. Sorry. I, I just wanted to, um, there are two things I forgot to share that I just was reminded of in Josh's message. As you uh, consider these things and are praying this year for our city. Um, so one of them is, I did mention, obviously, Amanda Volk is a part of this church. And um, she will be finishing up her um, current cohort of the FIT youth. So those are youth that have been involved in a um, almost four-year discipleship process now. So please pray with her as she uh, closes up this year with them. It's a very significant program um, that we've had uh, with her. Um, but the, the, the thing I really wanted to share as well in light of Josh's message is um, last year uh, at the bridge, we had the opportunity to host a warming space in the winter in partnership with One City Peterborough. And that was uh, in response to the homelessness crisis that we are facing in our city right now. Um, So as we pray as a church, I just wanted to bring this to our awareness as well. Um, Last winter, we had 274 souls use that space um, as a warming space, meaning that they did not have access to shelter, including our shelter system beds. So 274 unique souls in our city um, in that situation. So please, please pray. And, and uh, I really believe there is a Christian response um, for us and that God is always moving. But uh, let's continue to pray for the poor in our city as well. Thank you.